Rolling. Alright. Welcome back. Hey. <laughs> Do you ever wonder... Like, you know when you first hear your own voice? Yeah. And you want to just punch yourself until you can't talk anymore? <laughs> I feel like that. No? You like your own voice? You know, you hear it differently. Oh, yeah, totally. It sounds different to yourself than when you listen to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> like, when I hear my voice as I talk, you yeah. know, not listening to the podcast, in my own head, I'm like... I got no right voice. No Morgan Freeman, but I can live with my voice. Mm. And I hear it on the podcast. I'm like, who the fuck is Daffy Duck? Why is he on this podcast? Who's that asshole? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think everyone's crazy about their voice unless you sound really gravelly. Yeah. You know, the, I think the worse your voice sounds, the better it sounds, you know? Oh, yeah. If you got, like, that smoker's voice where you're like, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, especially, or only if you're dude, but no, even with women, like, Scarlett Johansson has that, like, flinty voice going on, and mm. this is a sexy voice right there. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're trying to say is chain smoke as much as possible. <laughs> Drink lots of bourbon. You want to scream a lot. Every now and then you want to eat some rocks. <laughs> it's going to help with that sex appeal. All right, what are we talking about this week, Deep? Uh, we're going to talk about passing on projects, passing on positions and on, uh, on films. Why you should do that and what red flags are in retrospect. Yeah. And hopefully that will make you educated to what the red flags are in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of got got the idea because I went to a meeting today mm. um, for a film, and someone offered me to, to work on the film. And that's kind of the beginning stages of their project, but I was just listening to the idea. I was kind of like, well, it's not, you know, I wasn't crazy about it. Mm. So I'm not sure if I want to do that job yet. I have to see how, how it goes when it gets developed, but I think it's just one of those things that came through my head like, you know, when do you when do you pass on a position? When do you pass on a job? You know, even if it's paying, and even if it's a, you know a credit that's going to go to your name. When do you say no? Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess let's let's start from the start. If well, where else would you start from? The end, like John Wick. I haven't seen John Wick. You've never seen John Wick. I've never seen any John Wick movies. Well, I mean, there's only two, so... <laughs> okay. But th- I didn't care too much for the second one. Like, it was fun in a lot of re- lot of aspects, and in all fair, it's like, it, it was pretty good. But the first one, you gotta watch the first one, Latif. It's revenge movie done so, I'll probably so never right. see John Wick. You're gonna <laughs> come over to my place. I don't wanna watch John Wick. I'm gonna show you Wick. John Wick. I'm just like, I don't know. You just don't wanna watch John Wick. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, starting... But, okay, like, realistically, you've asked yeah. me if I've seen, like, a million things, and I always say no. That's true, but I mean, like, you'll ask me a lot of the times if I've seen things that you've seen, and I often haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, starting from the start... But everyone's seen John Wick. Except you, yeah. Yeah, so... And then I gotta show you Dog Wick afterwards. I don't know what that is. Okay, so I posted this during Christmas... I'm a couple years late to the party. That was my post. Mm. You know the premise of John Wick? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, like, his wife dies, and in her last days, she sets up that once she's gone, a dog will be delivered to John Wick, and he won't be lonely. And then people show up, kill the dog, he has to go kill them. Dog Wick Mm. is, instead of the dog dying, they kill John Wick instead, and the Mm. dog goes out for revenge. And kills everyone. Yeah, so, like, the dog's got guns in his mouth, (laughs) and he's just offing everyone. <laughs> is this like a parody? Yeah, it's like two minutes long. I'll show it to you. It's fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, going back to this art, when, uh, say you had just come out of film school or you're like someone like me that hadn't gone to film school, you're offered your first gig that I'm sure you would feel would be a bit of a break. Using your retrospect what would you tell the audience in those shoes? Here's the red flags you want to look out for. Well, I think if you're coming out of film school, most likely you're going to want to work on anything. Yeah. So it's very hard for you to not say yes, even if it's like, there's no food, there's no pay, but you get to hold the camera, you'll probably still want to do it. Yeah. I think it'll take at least a year before you start to filter Mm. work, but... Early on, I'd, I'd, you know, do whatever, do everything. Okay. But if you're working on, like, something a year in, and it's like, hey, we want you to shoot this film, and there's there's payment, and you're only doing it because there's payment, but then it seems kind of sketchy how it's going to all go down, that's when you got to start, you know, reading into it and start thinking about contracts and stuff like that. Well, what would you define as sketchy? You know, if they're like, oh, we're going to pay you, but once we sell it and make some money back, mm. that's kind of a bad sign. You know, this would be a good time to tell the audience in case they don't know what deferred payment is. You want to take that one or you want me to take that one? I mean, it's pretty simple. Deferred mm. payment is payment Something that you should you're going to never do. I mean, it's payment you're, gonna, you're supposed to get later. Yeah. Because they're going to do something that brings them some money from another source that they don't have at the moment. Yeah. And they're going to give you some of that mm-hmm. and maybe promise extra. Yeah. And that, in the film industry, you'll hear that a lot, but very rarely does that said money show up. Mm-hmm. So you probably shouldn't say yes to deferred payments. Yeah. Unless you know the guy and he's really trustworthy. Yeah. And usually that's not the case, so... Yeah. Yeah, don't take deferred payments. I'd say the only time it's a... I'll say good with air quotes. A good idea to take it is if it's deferred to yourself. You know, if you're like, I'm going to put my own money into this, but if I sell it, then I'll make money. Then it's like, you know, it's it's you or your company's jam. It's your investment. But if you're like, if you're a grip, and yeah, we used to work with a guy where it's like, don't worry, all the crew will work for deferred. It's like, I don't know, man, like... You think that grip's going to work for two weeks with the promise of getting paid in six months? I don't know about that one. So if you're like a below-the-line, you know, grip, gaff, whatever, I'd probably advise against it. Yeah. For the most part, if you're you're doing anything below the line, if you're doing, like, on-set stuff that's, like, moving lights, Mm -hmm. or if you're doing makeup or something like that, you're probably not going to want to take deferred payment yeah. because you need to keep working to pay the bills and also you know um, keep your head, head above water while you're working in the film industry so you don't want to take deferred payments mm-hmm. it's normal I wouldn't say it's normal but it's more common for people who are 
working above the line um, to get money later on mm. after a job is completed or something like that. So I think in that case, um, you know, you, you have to think about contracts and stuff like that a, a little more. But if you're working on set as a grip or an electric or a camera operator, you should probably get paid after you work. Yeah. <laughs> pretty quickly. Daily or weekly. Yeah. So um, I think that that you have to think about. That's kind of a red flag if someone's offering you deferred play, um, deferred payment. Yeah. I think another thing too, like. I've never encountered this. I've just heard stories of it. Say you're one of those below-the-line guys, um, and someone says to you, like, we're going to give you $200 a day, let's say. We're mm. going to pay you at the end of the show, and it's like a four-week shoot. I think they should at least be paying you weekly then, because if you work one week and your paycheck doesn't show up, at least you can bail after that one week mm. and not do four weeks and then, like, yeah, we kind of don't have any money. You know, I think when you're to shoots of that scale, you should be doing it, getting paid at least every week. I yeah. that. Do you agree? I mean, we're talking about independent projects here. Mm-hmm. If you're working in the union, you're working on an actual film, they're probably not going to screw you over. Yeah. But, I, I mean, we're talking about, like, if you're working on, like, a, a music video or a short film... Or like a micro budget thing where just some dudes taking care of all the payments yeah that's when you gotta be a little more careful you know but if you're working on like a, a film with credible producers on it or a tv show or anything unionized then you're probably safe yeah um so this is just pertaining to like kind of independent like really independent and freelance kind of stuff that's where you have to start negotiating and, and be on top of um your uh, payments for the work that you do mm. yeah so what kind of name off some red flags which people look out for people who like I mean if you're talking to someone and they don't have a cell phone <laughs> or they just don't have like an email address that you can reach them at I think that's definitely one of them yep you know you, you meet some guy and he's like yeah you can work on my thing and he just like never gives you any contact info, but he wants you to do work or something. That's kind of weird. Or he doesn't have like, you know, any credible like background. He's never worked. Like you can't find him on the internet. You're just kind of like, who the hell is this guy? Mm. He has no footprint of any kind. Yeah, you want to look into them. It's very common if you are going to work with someone, you're going to try to Google them yep. or find their social media and see what else they've done or just to see if they're like kind of a Hmm. you know complete scam artist or a fraud and I think like definitely do all of those things the only time I would say like maybe trust the person is if they they come to you and they're like look I haven't done any projects before this Mm -hmm. is my first one then it's like okay you know at least they're being honest with you yeah but a lot of people will put up that front like oh I totally know what I'm doing I've done this tons of times yeah yeah. But you've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think another red flag is when people are kind of... Say someone wants you to work on their film, and there's no pay, but you're like, cool, that's fine. I, I just kind of work want to work on something cool and creative. Um, or if they're offering very low pay, and you want to negotiate for more, but 
they're trying to lure you in with like oh this film's gonna win so many awards and we're gonna get into Sundance and just it's gonna be the best thing ever I think that person's a little delusional mm-hmm. so you gotta be careful with that cause you're gonna meet people with visions of grandeur and and just like this larger than life idea of what their film is gonna turn into and realistically whatever they're saying is probably not gonna happen yeah. um, and just based on that you, you, I think that person might have a skewed view of um, how everything's gonna go down well what he expects from people okay because um, if he thinks that's gonna happen and then you show up expecting to just make another project that that's gonna turn into what it should mm-hmm. and he doesn't like the end product and, and he's like oh this, you screwed up my film or something like that and he doesn't have you heard stories you. of that uh yeah I mean there's been tons of little things like that where I I just every set I've worked on there's always been some issue like mm-hmm. there's never been like a shoot that just went completely perfect mm-hmm. you know someone doesn't like this person or this person screwed up this thing um, you know the last film I worked on they hired this makeup artist and she was supposed to do these effects on a film and she didn't do them and it screwed up and the director was just pissed and like oh I can't believe she screwed up my film and I'm like you hired her <laughs> you know what I mean like there's always that that you have to deal with so I think you have to whoever's hiring you you have to kind of gauge if they're sensible mm-hmm. like are their feet on the ground or are their heads in the cloud like what is this person like and if they think they're gonna win an Oscar making whatever they're doing then you might want to take a step back and be like what is this guy on yeah you know so that's I, I'd say that's another red flag when someone's kind of projecting their film to do something it's not really going to do mm-hmm. um, you know that being said if you if you meet someone and they have like just an amazing idea and you can tell they're a talented person and they've got a good script or something at that point you can be like yeah this guy's you know this might do something mm-hmm. but they're not going to tell you that they're going to be like you know I, I'm really passionate about this and I think it's going to be a good project that might be someone who's got their their head right but at the same time everyone in films kind of loopy so but I, I think you you gotta be your own judge when it comes to working with people you know who's who's nuts and, and who's and who's just a little nuts yeah I was gonna say the, the two biggest things that come to mind in terms of red flags is one you just mentioned actually I think you can tell a lot through this is the script read the script and if it's bad that, like under what circumstance unless it was meant to be bad I'll say that before I ask this question I mean meant to be bad like, like it's supposed to be coin? Sharknado like that's meant to be bad you know yeah but so say someone comes to you with a script and it's bad and not meant to be bad is there any circumstance that would make you take that with a bad script yeah like you read it and you're like this is fucking brutal yeah I've worked on tons of projects with bad scripts okay what made you take them because I was getting paid. Okay. Yeah. So is there a ratio to it is X bad, so I must get paid X amount of dollars? Mm. Or is that dependent on like how early in your career it was? A bit of both. I mean, early on, I would work on stuff that was like pretty not great mm-hmm. because I was getting paid to work on these projects. Yeah. 
I mean, even today when I met with um, a director about a film, you know, he gave me the pitch and I didn't think it was a great idea. I thought it was kind of like, okay, so, you know, are you are you guys, do you have, do you have a budget for it? And he's like, well, we're going to kind of do micro budget, but we can pay you this amount for each day of shooting. And I was like... Alright, I wasn't crazy about the idea, but I was like, oh, it's an interesting idea, but I think it needs some work. But I wasn't like, I don't like the idea, but I don't like the idea. <laughs> but I gave him some, you know, some feedback on how it could be better. Yeah. But if a script is just bad, like, there's not a lot you can do, like, it's just not a good story, it's got weak writing, mm. and there's tons of spelling mistakes in this actual screenplay, which is just a lot of, and I think it's really funny. Um then they have to be at least paying you a decent chunk of change because I'm going to tell you, you're not going to want to work on that film. <laughs> um, not going to want to see it when it comes out. No, but I, I kind of have fun working on, on bad projects sometimes because my goal is to make it better than it would ever be. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I worked on it and I was an editor, which I've I've done on some films, which were really bad films, but I did a pretty good job editing. And then people were like, this film sucks, <laughs> but the editing isn't bad. <laughs> you know, it's kind of redeeming, I guess. But I got paid for the work, and, you know, I, I got some some uh, time in doing editing, which is always good. So if you're not going to get paid for it, and the project is really bad, and you don't like the story or the script, why would you do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless absolutely. you're getting paid for it. Even then... I think the the more you do it, the more you're gonna be like, I don't want, I don't even want to take money to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, just as like a frame of reference, when you took these like brutal projects, and you're on set, what's the atmosphere like? Is it a total bummer? Or no. Is it, everyone like, yeah, it's not bad. We're getting paid. No, everyone's kind of like happy to be on set for the most mm-hmm. part, but. You will always get that. There, I don't know why I'm the guy. I guess it's just because I'm pretty like, like cool on set. Mm-hmm. Like I don't talk too much. I'm kind of just sticking to myself, working on whatever I have to do. And because I'm like that, I seem approachable. Mm-hmm. So everyone on set that wants to just talk shit will mm-hmm. come up to me and be like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And I'm like, "Great." And they'll be like, "Man, it's fucking film, huh?" It's fucking garbage. And I'm like, why are you telling me? Like, I know I haven't said anything to you. I'm just trying to work here. And everyone just like comes up to me and just starts bitching about the project or like this director's an idiot. And I'm like, go tell them then. Jeez. But that becomes like a culture on set where people just shit talk. Yeah. Like about everything. Like, oh, we took seven hours to shoot a close up. And I'm like, great. Like, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm I'm happy like in my corner like offloading yeah. footage <laughs> so that's like you have that culture on set where people just shit talk mm-hmm. and if it's a really bad project but sometimes that happens on good projects too yeah but um, you'll also have like the kind of feeling of like people know it's not gonna go anywhere and like the closer to the end of the project they're just not even trying anymore because they just yeah. want to get paid and fuck off so that will happen on set as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really sad for the actors, personally. Yeah. Because they're even though it's a bad script and like not a great 
story they're making and they really know it's not going to go anywhere they're still kind of pouring their hearts out yeah especially like younger actors they're really going for it mm-hmm. and yet I see them and I'm like ah, damn it yeah and on those like tiny micro budget whatevers the uh, the actors are very commonly the ones not getting paid like I think crews are going to get paid before the actors because the actors have more to gain you know well, actually on, on the one that I'm, I'm talking about the actors got paid oh really yeah, um, I think they treated the actors. I think it was just the director and producer. They're not from here, mm-hmm. and they don't have kind of that indie mindset. Um, they're from somewhere else, and where they're from, they really cherish actors because, mm-hmm. like, movie stars are just like the celebrities of their country. Yeah, so they just treated the actors like royalty. You know, they paid them and they fed them and everything. And, it was the crew Everyone that kind else of got bread. Yeah, the crew kind of got the the brunt of it, but mm. you know, I don't care. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the second thing I would say for red flags is just go with your gut. Like, like I'm sure. Feeling? Yeah, I'm sure you've had this lot where you meet someone and it's just like, I don't know why, but everything you're saying is rubbing me the wrong way. And your gut's just kind of like, maybe you don't want to work with this person for one reason or another. Your head's kind of like examining it. Like, should I do it? Should I not do it? And I find, you know, some, not every time, but most of the time, your gut's usually right. Mm. At least in my experience. Do you find the same? Yeah. I, I think there's just some... Well, I can't base it just directly on that, though. There's a mean? few things that the person... Did that make me like, all right, I don't think I can work on this project. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I sat down and looked in their face and was like, nope. No, yeah, you evaluate, like, the whole meeting and everything. It's not a one-second decision, you Like, know? the guy doesn't even talk. I'm just looking in his eyes like, you're fucking trash. And I just take off. <laughs> I picture, like, he's sitting. It's like a coffee shop. The guy's just sitting at the table. Smiling. You just peek in through the window, see him for three seconds, you're like, Nah, fuck that guy. You just leave. <laughs> I just pop my head and fuck off. And take off. No. Uh, <laughs> the guy just sits there for another hour like, where is he? <laughs> Are you coming? Um, no, I mean like, I was by example, I was going to work on a Kickstarter video for this person. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, oh, have you ever done Kickstarter videos? I'm like, yeah, I've done like a few of them. It's like, well, did they go well? I'm like, yeah, the shoot went really well. They were happy with the video. I'm like, no, did they? Did they get the money? And I'm like, honestly, lady, you can't base that on the video. Like, I, I don't know if they got the money. Like, mm-hmm. I gave them their video and just kind of did my own thing. Yeah. So I don't know if they got their goal or if they made the product or sold anything. And she's like, oh, well, well, I'm just hoping that mine will be successful. I'm like, that depends on whatever the hell you're making or selling. Yeah. And if you're just basing that on hope, it will not. Yeah, I was, I was like, I guarantee you I'll make a very high-quality video. Mm-hmm. It'll look like a commercial, and you won't have to worry about production. Like, I'll take care of all of it. Yeah. Um, but she kept, like, she was worried about, like, she needed to make the money um, and sell the thing, and it was just, like, this big dream she had. And I was like, I foresee her not selling anything and, and getting mad at me. Because she hasn't put any thought into promotion. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like she, like, or the idea sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to make any money. 
and I also felt bad. Like if your idea sucks, I don't want to be the guy who's like, yeah, let me bring it to life. I'll I'll help you sell a million, and then just take <laughs> off after I make the video. So I I kind of had a a bad feeling, um, and I was like, hey, listen, thanks for asking me to make the video, but I I can't do this. I don't mm. want to work on this project. And how did she take it? She, she wasn't happy, but I'm like, no? I don't yeah. I mean, she she said she talked to a, a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and this one guy was being sketchy, and that I seemed really nice. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not going to scam you. Mm. But at the same time, I was like, this is really depressing me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, she seems like, she, like if she doesn't sell this thing, it's like the end. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, how do I, I don't know how to tell this to you. And, and like, our, our paths in life are supposed to not cross cross like that like I, I feel like I should just work with you and, and leave it at that like mm-hmm. I can't be like a guardian angel and, yeah. and save you and that's kind of what it felt like so I had this kind of bad feeling I would say it was kind of a red flag yeah because your gut told you no yeah but through conversation you yeah. kind of get yeah, that feeling close. yeah I guess that's another red flag mm-hmm. yeah another red flag that this will come up in conversation too um, I would advise anyone to weigh we kind of pro- talked about this already but weigh the promises that these people are telling you like Latif said if someone comes up to you and says this is definitely going to get into Sundance you and I both worked with a producer and it was the first producer I, I had ever worked with and this guy was good at selling grandiose false promises but I think the only reason they worked was same thing like that was my first foray into filmmaking I was like oh man like he talked a big game it seemed like he had all these connections and everything looking back at it like if I had the knowledge I have now I'd be like okay man who are you trying to fool but when you're that early into the game and you hear these things, you're like, oh man, oh man, I could be one of those stories. Big break, big break. <laughs> so I think you should be very wary of that. And on that same note, another thing that would be good to look out for is, is everyone surrounding them, everyone in their filmmaking circle, fresh out of film school? Are they all really young people that don't seem to know too much? Yeah. Because in that circumstance, I think that means that they're the only one buying this person's false promises. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say weigh what they're telling you. Maybe there is an off chance that you've met J.J. Abrams too, and he wants to take you for a full ride. <laughs> Probably not, though. Yeah, I mean, that that's always something kind of... You hear it a lot. Like, you'll you'll meet some dude, and he's trying to direct it, or, or he's like, we got to... I've got... Charlize Theron's uncle's sister on this film. <laughs> you know who that is? I'm like, no. Charles Theron. <laughs> Charles Theron the seventh. <laughs> they know each other by marriage. It's like, what? Like, they'll just throw in some names or, or like, I've got an actor who's worked on Game of Thrones season nine, episode four. Yeah. What'd they do in it? Background. They were a horse. They played a horse. <laughs> And you're like sick, yeah. right? Like I, I know it's it sounds enticing to hear that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I've never been impressed by it. 
Mm. I'm, I'm not that impressed by celebrity in general. I could walk into Will Ferrell and be like, what up, Will? I'm not impressed by you. <laughs> and he'd probably say something really funny back to me. And I'd be like, fine, I'm impressed. Um, but, yeah, like, I think that's one thing to be wary of, too, when someone starts throwing, like, names at you. Yeah, like, this particular guy, I remember the first thing where I was like, oh, man, this guy's got connections, was he had me write something for him, which you probably read. I'm sure that was a disaster. But uh, the first thing I'd ever written, and when he was, like, I don't know, I guess courting me to write it, he's like, yeah, you know, once this is completed, like, I want to approach Netflix. And he had this idea of how he would approach them and how it was really doable. And I'm like, man, like, this guy, he knows people on Netflix. Now, if I'm giving advice to some someone in those shoes, don't be afraid to ask a little question of, like, how, like, how do you approach Netflix? And then if they answer with, oh, you know, you just, you go up to them or you, you get their email or something like that. Unless they're like, I know this person in this position, then odds are they're full of crap. And if they tell you that person, look them up because you want to make sure they're real. They might be, but they might not be too. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask little leading questions. And I don't think you'll be setting off any alarms of like, this guy doesn't trust me. Time to bail. Like... And even if you do and the guy's a phony, then you're better off for it, you know? Yeah. I, and that being said, like, sometimes there are, like, unicorns when it comes to this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there might actually be a guy who's got a connection with a place and he can get your film there or something. Yeah. But you've got to do some background and actually see if any of this is real. And I'd say, like, 90% of the time, a lot of the stuff you hear is not going to be possible. Or it's just, like, a small chance. And it's not going to be the the norm that the promise or the person they know or, or whatever thing they have in their head is actually true. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be careful. And I think if you... If you can gauge the person, you'll probably have an idea if that thing they're saying is real or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is if they tell you those things, don't let you... Don't be blinded by them, either. Like, this person that told me all those things, I remember the set we met on. It was the two-day shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the second night, um, right as we were wrapping up, so it's like nighttime, he came up to me and he's like, the next scene they're going to shoot is they're going to light a tire on fire and then they're going to roll it down this thing. It's going to be dramatic and stuff. I'm like, I want to see a tire fire. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and then it never happened. Yeah. And, you know, I was super young. I was like, oh, well, maybe something changed. What do I know? I don't know anything, right? But just those little things, if they're saying, like, this is about to happen and it doesn't, and then that's about to happen and that doesn't, and then this will happen next week and that doesn't happen, like... But they have these promises of big things. Don't let that promise of something big distract you from all the little things that they say are going to happen but aren't happening. Because mm-hmm. those are the bigger indicators of what is really going down with those kinds of people. Yeah. Just be careful of who you work with in the film industry. Because mm-hmm. there are some shady people, especially yep. in the independent world. And I think you kind of... You can very quickly tell who's out there to take advantage of you and who's there to actually you know work with you and, and mm-hmm. build something yeah yeah 
And if you really need to, just send, just tweet us. Be like, this is what's going on. Do you think it's a scam? And we'll try our best to help you. We can't be accurate, yeah. but we'll try. <laughs> there are a lot of scams out there in the film industry. There is a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. be careful. Yeah, that same guy, I remember, he was trying to set something up, and uh, for the crew, this is the deferred payment. Hmm. He was like, oh, the work for deferred, or, you know, like, what's worst comes to worst? We shoot it, and then a couple weeks later, we're like, sorry, we don't have the money. And I remember being like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't do that to people, man. Like, I know you really want to make this thing, but that is not the way to do this. And that was, a, from what I recall, the first time I started feeling really sketched out. Working, that, yeah. Yeah, like if someone ever tells you something along those lines of people will, will work for deferred because this project is so good. Or, you know, maybe we just don't tell them that we don't have the money and then we'll worry about that later. Yeah. That's where you, especially if you're in a circumstance or in a position where you might be getting blamed for those things, it shields up real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you want to pull the shoot mm -hmm. on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to jump out of those situations. When you see our new movie, you will understand the reference that Latif just did. <laughs> Yeah, I just said pull the shoot, which is a, a line that Matt really loves. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll know when you see the movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think we've covered most of that. Is there yeah. anything else? Well, I was going to say, is, are there any other red flags that come to mind for you? Hmm. When you're going to take a job. Yeah. I guess also if you just... If you just don't want to do it, that's a red flag. But yeah. it's kind of an internal red flag. Mm -hmm. You know, even if there's money or even if, even if it's like a good credit that you'll get. Sometimes you just got to say no. Like sometimes you'll also, like you'll know if you're not the right person for the job. Yeah. There's some projects that I've, you know, interviewed for or, or even worked on and I kind of felt like, I don't know if I'm the best guy for this. Not because I, I didn't have enough like skill to execute. I just didn't know if it was in my sensibility. You'll kind of know if a project's like up your alley, and if it's not, you know, sometimes you still got to do the job. But I think I'm finding even now, and for a lot of people, this will be the case. Is um, as you get further into your career, you probably shouldn't work on something if it doesn't feel like it's something you would work on. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's another gut feeling too. Like you'll know if you feel like you're the best guy for this, you know? Yeah. Or girl. We're not sexist. Yet. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, I think that's pretty much all I can think of for this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we covered it all in one episode. Yeah, I swore up and down that this one was going to be a two-parter. Yeah. You win this time, Latif. <laughs> All right, see so yeah. Once again, podcast brought to you by Pippa. It's pippa.io, P-I-P-P-A.io. Podcast hosting service, cheap, awesome. Check them out. Mm. Yeah. Do your Shyamalan thing. I'm wearing a lot of green today. Is that a Shyamalan color? No, you know what's weird? What's that? Wow, you even got a green wallet. 
I have green headphones. You do have green headphones. I don't know why. I don't know. Last year I bought a pair of headphones that were green. Mm. And then I bought a wallet and it was green. And then I got this sweater. It's also green. And I bought this jade bracelet, which is also green. And I just have all this green stuff. In all fairness, they're all slightly different shades of green. But they're very close. Yes, they are. But sometimes I wear all the green stuff together. Are you secretly a leprechaun? No. Can I have your pot of gold? I really like to call it green right now. I don't know why. Mm, green's cool. I like money. Oh. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. I like money. Watch Idiocracy. <laughs> I'm going to show Latif Idiocracy soon. He's never seen it. And any viewer out there, if you like to laugh and you're not an idiot, <laughs> watch Idiocracy. It's amazing. But if you're an idiot, it might be too complicated for you. You'll get offended because it is about idiots. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if there's some guy's watching Idiocracy, but he's like a total idiot, and he's like, "This is really offensive <laughs> <laughs> to my people, to dummies." <laughs> and then two minutes later, he's like, "I'm hungry." <laughs> <laughs> Just forgets it, like a goldfish. <laughs> uh, all right, should watch Idiocracy on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just have commentary. On acid. It's just like two... We'll wear headphones too, so they can't hear the movie. <laughs> That'd be the worst. Be, it'll be two hours of us just going... <laughs> People uh, would get a hold of us and be like, can you never do that again, please? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but maybe it's what we'll do. You'll find out next week.